0: Everyone, welcome to another edition of the podcast. Before we crack on with today's one, the voting is now live for the Australian Podcast Awards. And the correct URL is voting.australianPodcastawards.com. So just pop over there and when once you go on to that, um, there'll be a little box to search for the podcast. Just pop in Paul Taylor Podcast and cast your vote. That would be awesome. Now, on with the podcast. Today, I am going to talk about your autonomic nervous system, your vagus nerve, and arousal control. So when we are stressed, and um, the human stress response involves um, two different things. One is the autonomic nervous system, and particularly the sympathetic nervous system branch. So your autonomic nervous system has got two branches, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic is known as the fight or flight. It's actually fight, flight, or freeze. And the parasympathetic is known as rest and digest. And so clearly when you're stressed, it's activation of the sympathetic nervous system and what we call the sympathetic uh, branches of your vagus nerve, which I'll come back to in a second. But basically what happens is very fast acting nervous systems stimulates your adrenal medulla, the inside of your adrenals, and it pumps out adrenaline and noradrenaline is also released in your brain. So they are the, the two major um, responses uh, to having stress. And then if that stress is prolonged or extreme, cortisol is released through the HPA axis. So this is slower acting the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the adrenal cortex this time. So it's hormonal, it takes longer to activate, but it results in the release of cortisol, um, which is good in the short term, but in the long term is bad juju for our health. Now, this is where we get to the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is known as the wandering nerve and um, because it's it's the 10th cranial nerve and it wanders um all the way through your upper body. And so basically it comes, uh, so it's attached from the brain or originates from the brain and it has got projections all the way into the lungs and through the pulmonary plexus. It also has a cardiac branch, so it attaches into different parts of your heart, attaches into um, your spleen, um, your stomach, your liver, your kidneys and lots of attachments into your small intestine and your colon. And it is basically the highway between the body and the brain. And it is a two-way highway. And this is really important. So when you're stressed, there's sympathetic activation of the vagus nerve, creates all of these stress hormones and, and does have an impact on a number of different organs. Your heart rate goes up. Your breathing rate gets faster and gets shallower whenever you're stressed. But we can use this to our advantage, the interactions between the vagus nerve and and the different organs and the brain. What we now know is that you can activate the vagus nerve from the bottom up, if you like, um, with certain types of breath work. Now, yogis will have said for thousands and thousands of years that that breathing is the key to managing your brain. And we actually know that this is, is true, that when you breathe in certain patterns, and there are a number of different patterns that you can breathe in, but basically Under the umbrella of slow controlled breathing. When you do any type of slow controlled breathing, you're activating the vagus nerve from the bottom up. You also recruit the phrenic nerve. And what that does um, together is they control your heart rate. They slow down your heart rate, but they also reduce your blood pressure and can bring your brain out of a stress state um, with just a few slow, controlled breaths. Now, there is a, been a whole heap of different research papers on different types of breathing. And so um, there are, are a number of ways to do slow, controlled breathing. You can breathe in for five seconds, breathe out for five seconds. A recent research paper um, showed that that can actually um, clear amyloid plaques in the brain which is pretty friggin' awesome and um, there's a whole hope of a host of different yogic breathing techniques in for four hold for seven out for eight there's alternate nostril breathing um, from uh, from a yogic technique where you breathe in one, through one nostril and out the other and then you swap over and um, interestingly that one, Um, Research has shown that experienced yoga practitioners actually get a relaxation response from doing that, but inexperienced ones um, can actually raise the stress response. So that's not something that I'm a big fan of. Uh, What I am a big fan of is that slow controlled breathing, um, which I said you can do. In for five, out for five, you can do box breathing, where basically you breathe like the sides of a box, famously used by US Special Forces Navy SEALs to control their arousal. You can do a three second box, a four second box or five seconds, you breathe in for three, four or five, you hold for the same amount, you breathe out for the same amount, and then you hold and you repeat. But my favorite type of breathing, and the one that I think has the most evidence around it, having looked at the research, um, is what is known as resonant frequency breathing or resonance breathing. So this is a particular breathing pattern or frequency of breaths that has a very, very strong action on your heart and your blood pressure and what's called heart rate variability and has also been shown to have a positive impact on mood as well. So basically, to to measure your resonant frequency, you need um, some equipment to do that accurately, and it will tell you exactly how many breaths a minute is your resonant frequency. And and I believe from the research that everybody in the world has a resonant frequency of between 4.5 and 7, and and most people are between 5 and 7. I have also read research that shows that if you get plus or minus 1, you will get a lot of the benefits, most of the benefits. So the take home for all of us is a six breath a minute breathing rate. So that's a 10 second breath cycle. Now, lots of them, that, and that research paper that I talked about, did a five second in a five second out. But I actually prefer to have a slower breath in and a longer breath out. And the idea is to have the exhale at least one and a half times the inhale. So this would be a 10-second breath cycle where you breathe in for four seconds and you breathe out for six seconds. Or you could breathe in for three seconds and breathe out for seven seconds. I think, and and, and the research I've read has shown that that is superior Um, slightly superior to having the same breath. Um, But like I said, there are a number of different types of breath work. Andrew Huberman's lab uh, did a research paper looking at different types of breath work um, uh, comparing to uh, mindfulness meditation. So they got people to do five minutes of either mindfulness meditation or five minutes of three different types of breath work, box breathing, which I've talked about, Cyclic hyperventilation, which is kind of Wim Hof breathing type thing uh, where you're doing a and then you do a number of those and then you hold your breath for 15 seconds or a physiological sigh, which is a double breath in followed by a long exhale. So it's basically. And now a quick break for a word from our sponsors. I just did that for, for effect going through my mouth. Um, but we know that it is much better for you for a whole host of reasons to breathe through your nose if you possibly can. It changes the pH, it increases nitric oxide, and we also have have neurons that sense our breathing that basically are checking our breathing rate. And when you, ch- when you mouth breathe... It tends to be more chest and shoulders. um, And that can actually signal a stress response to the brain. So just try this right now. What what I'd, I'd like you to do is take a reasonably long breath in through your mouth and notice what part of your thorax is actually moving. And then follow that with a long breath in through your nose. And what you should notice is that when you breathe in through your mouth, it tends to be your chest. That moves more, but when you breathe through your nose, um, your abdomen is moving more, and 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 your rib cage is expanding, and that is is proper diaphragmatic breathing. Is getting the rib cage to expand. So, um, in in summary number of different types of breath work are are really useful for controlling your arousal when when you're over aroused all the way through to panic and anxiety. Just doing slow controlled breathing can be very, very useful. I'm a massive fan of resonant frequency breathing, uh, which is basically for most people, if you haven't had yours measured personally, that's six breaths a minute and my preference is to do a, a shorter breath in and a longer breath out. Definitely do it through your nose if you possibly can do nose breathing. And then one other one that you might want to give a crack um, to is, is my one of my PhD supervisors. They had done some research and showing that lowest comfortable breathing rate also elicits a very strong relaxation response. So just how slow... Can you breathe comfortably? So it's not a real breath hold. It's just, you know, can I breathe in for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten seconds and then breathe out for 10, 15. So it's got to be comfortable. That's the key. But any of those types of breath work, including a physiological sigh, box breathing, are all really useful for controlling your arousal. But make sure that you're doing it through your nose. So your next time you're stressed just give that a crack. And the other thing that I really like actually just to add to this, and I've talked about this before, is discharge, recharge, reframe. So if you're really stressed, what you want to do is get rid of stress hormones. Best way to do that, 30 seconds to a minute, maybe even a couple of minutes, vigorous exercise. That's just going to burn up stress hormones, get blood flow and oxygen to your brain. Um, and then just take a few breaths to just slowly get control and then go into that slow controlled breathing. And then now, now that your brain is out of a stress state, out of high beta because of burning up those stress hormones and then doing the slow controlled breathing, then it's the reframe. And the reframe I like to think about is, is using epictetus what is zone one and zone two. Zone one is the stuff that's under my control. What can I do that's under my control? Or Carly stuff about what needs to be done. From Japanese psychology, Arugamama, with things as they are, what needs to be done right now. So there you go. That is a way to control your autonomic nervous system and your level of arousal or stress um, through manipulation of the vagus nerve from the bottom up with a little bit of help from the phrenic nerve. That's it for this week. Catch you next time.